everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Daily to Dynasty. I'm Craig Gorbanoff this week with Rich Wilhelm, and it's just the two of us. It's the dynamic duo. Mm. But what else do you need, really? Like you need a Wolf Smith song in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning into this show this week and every week. We hope this show has been uh, of use to you in setting your 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 lineups, placing some bets, cashing some DFS tickets, whatever it might be. Reminder to head on over to anchor.fm slash daily to dynasty. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a nice review. Listen to the podcast version, whatever, whatever you want to do. But that's a good link to head on over to. Of course, you can go on over to interstateofgreen.com for all sorts of football analysis. And you can follow Rich and myself at Seagorbs94, at Coda522, or this show at Daily to Dynasty. And a reminder to like, subscribe, leave a nice rating, and drop a comment in the player below, regardless of where you are watching or listening to this program. All right, Rich, it is Wednesday night. It is 8.44 p.m. We are about 24 hours away from Thursday night football in a game that last week our initial reaction was, why are they even playing this? Let's just yeah. cancel it. Uh, the Miami Dolphins will go and take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to be honest, I think that there is some fantasy matchups here that should be heavily considered, especially given – the status of, of injuries around the NFL. I mean, there was a, a, a plague on NFL players last week with the amount of injuries, the amount of players have gone to IR. Um, it's it's now, I think, harder to, to find really good value. And there is some matchups in this game that I like. Um, I'll, I'll just start, start it off. I'm a big, big fan of Keelan Cole. I mentioned he's a player that you should be picking up last week. He's had double-digit points two weeks in a row. Favorable matchups against the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans, but has been targeted, you know, five to seven times. He's gotten in the end zone both games. Um, I think he's going to continue to be a favorite target of young Gardner Minshew, who as long as he has a quality matchup, uh, is right now serving up some pretty big-time games uh, in the AFC South. Uh, and so Keelan Cole is a player that I'm debating starting – I have a lot of quality wide receivers on my team, um, but I'm watching the Devontae Adams injury situation, and I'm wondering if I should uh, preemptively start Cole, who I think will have 15 to 17 points. Devontae Adams went from having 41 points to six points last week due to a, a, a hammy. Uh, so I don't know. He has a tough matchup as well. It's certainly all food for thought, but what's your thoughts on Keelan Cole in this game? I mean, I really like Keelan Cole. Byron Jones is out for the Dolphins, who's their number one cornerback. If DJ Shark is out, which, I mean, he's he's questionable at best, you know, he's going to have definitely an increased workload. Um, even if DJ Shark plays, it seems like he's going to have a limited role. So if you want the safe bet, I mean, Cole is, is definitely the safe bet against a Miami Dolphins team that is in rebuild mode. Um, but for me, you know, in this game, I'm looking at the, the running backs, and I think it's two players that might still be on the waiver wire for you. I'm um, looking at Miles Gaskin from uh, Miami Dolphins, and then I'm looking at James Robinson from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson definitely is the lead back now uh, for Jacksonville. They they cleared all that up, and then on the on the flip side, Miles Gaskin somehow some way jumped Breda, and you know he jumped Jordan Howard, um, and he's the, he's the one getting all the receptions and most of most of the runs. He's only uh, 14% owned in fantasy football. So Miles Gaskins is a good ad. James Robinson is a good ad. Um, I wouldn't touch anyone as far as wide receivers on the Dolphins. Even Devontae Parker, you know, the injury is something that's concerning. Uh, Gasicki, you know, when he got rid of Adam Gase, he, he now <laughs> knows how to play football. So he's definitely someone that if you need uh, – let's say you have George Kittle and you want to sneak in a tight end, he's not a bad one to have. Um but, I mean, this is going to be a close game just because these teams aren't supposed to be good. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are a little bit better than they're supposed to be. So I think it's going to be a slight, slight edge to the Jaguars in this one. Yeah, I, I think so, too. They're the three-point favorites. Um, and, yeah, I you know, I think there's, there's some players to consider, especially if you fell victim to injury uh, from week two. If you had, you know, any of the players who were affected – by uh, I don't even know what I'm going to call it the just the injury bug last week. Um, definitely some some matchups here to consider with uh, players who are probably available. Um, 
So let's let's just keep heading down the line, Rich. Where this is going to be a relatively fast show for anyone listening. So you might be able to squeeze this one in between Thursday night football. But let's talk about the Houston Texans, zero two, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Texans looked abysmal last week against the Ravens. They looked abysmal against the Chiefs. But you know, I will say those are probably the best two teams in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, the Steelers looked okay against the Giants week one. Um, they had a, a better game last week, but I kicked things off on the on the last game, so let's throw it over to you. Who do you like in this? So I love Deontay Johnson from the Steelers. I think they're absolutely prepping him to be the number one receiver next year because I think Juju's all but gone just based on what he's going to want as far as a new contract. Um, as far as the Steelers go on the other side, I'm, I've never been a huge James Conner fan. I think he goes – from good to bad to good to bad to good to bad. Probably, so probably this week it's going to be a little bit of bad. Um, but on on the flip side of things, I mean, this has got to have to be the game that David Johnson shows that he can be the guy. You know, there's not a lot of weapons for the Texans right now. Deshaun Watson is struggling mightily without having Hopkins there. Brandon Cooks isn't going to be the guy. It's Will Fuller had an injury last week. and every, I mean, he- I mean, he came yeah. back into the game, but just wasn't targeted once. So I don't know if just the, the chemistry was off. Week one, he was targeted like 12 times at 10 catches. Yeah. Got me zero points last week uh, in my in my fantasy matchup. So I'm still a little salty at Will Fuller and the Texans overall. Yeah, I mean, they, they need to focus on the weapons that they have and stop spreading the ball around. It just doesn't work. You know you have Fuller. You know you, you have David Johnson. And if you want to add someone on the waivers – Again, another tight end in Atkins. I mean, he he seems to get in the end zone. If he doesn't get in the end zone, he gets close to 10 points, which for a fill-in tight end, that, that's not that bad. So uh, Texans side, those would be my big three, obviously. Fuller, David Johnson, but the, the front seven for the Steelers, is it, it's rough. So he's going to get you the points through the air, not so much on the ground. Uh, but after this week, I think David Johnson completely explodes because the schedule gets a little bit easier. But I've never seen a schedule this tough to start off a season for any team maybe ever. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough for the Texans. Yeah, this is certainly a really, really rough schedule <laughs> uh, for the Texans to start off the year um, with a team that, you know, has some struggles as well. Like, they, they definitely have some holes, and I, I think their um, their confidence is already pretty shaky. So uh, I, I like the Steelers to win this one. They're four-point favorites. Um, I think David Johnson probably has a good game. He looked pretty good week one. I think he could have another another pretty big performance here in week three. Uh, heading right down the line here, and for anyone who wonders my, my order, I just go to NFL.com and I go down the list. There's no particular rhyme or reason other than just the list, but I always say, all right, next game in succession, and I realize there's no connection whatsoever. So people probably think that I'm a crazy person. Um and I am a little bit, but not for this reason. Uh, so the next game on the docket here is Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who I called a must-start last week, Joe Burrow. And he came through 22 points. Um, he had that that fumble, uh, you know, uh, or what was that, like early second half that prevented him from having an even bigger game. But 300 yards, three touchdowns, he looked pretty good even in defeat against the Cleveland Browns, he's going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a team uh, that is in shambles right now. They gave up a huge lead against the um, the the Washington football team week one. I almost got stuck. I almost called them by their last name. Uh, and they just got blown, blown out by the Rams last week. Um, and not surprising, I you know, I think the Rams are a pretty – formidable football team. They're maybe not the best team in the NFC anymore, but they're, they're pretty talented. Um, but the Eagles just look like they are really, really lost right now. And on the other side, I, you know, I know the Bengals are also 0 two, but they've been in the fight. They've been in the games. They're, they're playing competitively. They're moving the ball. Well, they have a, a quarterback who has the drive to win. Um, I really like them in this one. Yeah. I mean, this is a trap game for the Eagles. I think this is the Eagles game to lose. And I think they, they will lose. I mean, if you just look at the injuries, like you said, 
Eagles are losing players left and right. I mean, Jalen Rager is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Alshon Jeffrey has been out for his entire Eagles career, I feel like. So, you know, if if you're looking to add someone on the waiver wire, Deshaun Jackson's available in a lot of leagues. I mean, he's not the best option, but he is basically the only option outside of tight end and running back for the Eagles this week. On the flip side, Joe Burrow, I mean, your guy, it didn't seem like he was performing. And then, you know, he's like, I need my 300 yards. I need my three touchdowns. Let's get it going. Uh, and he, mm-hmm. he made it work for you. Um, AJ Green, on the other hand, I don't know if he can ever see a starting lineup for fantasy again this year. I mean, it seems like he retired on the field. Joe Mixon underperformed. I think he gets a little bit of that back uh, against Philly. And then Miles Sanders, I think he's the only hope for Philly to win this game. So, uh, I'm, I'm going Bengals, and I think it's going to be you know Joe Burrow's victory party after this one. Yeah, and especially with the Bengals being plus five and a half, uh, you know I, I think that's that's a spread that I think they'll at least cover. Like if they're going to lose this game, it's going to be pretty narrowly, but I think they win it outright. Um, I think Burrow has a good game. I like Boyd a lot on the Bengals as a potential potential play here. Again, it. I, I'm throwing out some names depending on on some injury situations because yeah. there's a lot of a lot of players down. But I like Boyd. The biggest one is Drew Sample. I mean the yeah. the tight end. I mean he's been a huge add on waivers this week. I actually added him. If you can catch the ball with one hand while in the air and be a tight end, you you can get a little add from me. So um, he's definitely someone to sneak in there. Tight ends are are scarce. So he can grow with Burrow, and he can be that guy because uh, Uzuma is out for the year. Yeah, um, and I, I have a, a tight end in this next matchup too, who I think is a, a pretty valuable add uh, coming up. So uh, you know, I think there's there's some players on the Cincy side that that's worth playing, um, and that'll be a fun one to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to watching that one in the one o'clock block. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers take on the New York Giants. Did they just stay in New Jersey? Yep. San Francisco, yeah, for the mm-hmm. last two weeks. I kind of just realized, like, wow, back-to-back at MetLife Stadium. Um, hopefully they've fixed the turf. Uh, you know, Eric, yeah. Eric Armstead was uh, mad at the NFL for the quality of the turf at MetLife Stadium. I don't blame him. Um, when, you know, your your best defensive lineman goes down and uh, a whole mess of other people go down, uh, it's worth talking about. Um we this is another game you will have to pay attention to the injury report. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo listed as questionable. Um, I don't know the status of Mostert or he's not going to play. He's not going to play. Um, Kittle's out. Um, so that to me, you know, I, I think this does depend a little bit upon Garoppolo is healthy. But especially if Garoppolo is healthy, I love Jordan Reed in this matchup, and I know the Giants' defense has is if you look on, on your fantasy apps, uh, they, they supposedly are good against tight ends. I don't care. They're not that good at defense. They're not that good at a team in general. And Jordan Reed last week was targeted eight times, seven catches, two touchdowns against the Jets, who are a pretty garbage team. But guess what? So are the Giants. Um, I love this matchup. We will talk about it again later when we talk about DFS. Um, I think Jordan Reed is a no-brainer play uh, against the New York Giants. I think he has two good weeks in a row here um, for San Francisco. On the Giants side of the football, no Saquon, no Sterling Shepard, no no anybody. I, I wouldn't start anybody unless, Rich, maybe you get signed in the next couple of days here. I, I'd throw you into my flex position before I started anyone else on the Giants. San Francisco is three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I don't know why I'm saying this, but I feel like this is also a trap game for the 49ers. I mean, I don't if, think Jimmy. If my computer wasn't so expensive, I would have just spit all over it. Mm. <laughs> it's just because I don't think I don't think there's any way Jimmy G plays. I mean, based on the way that the field was, I think Kittle could absolutely play in this game, but I don't think he's going to because why would they risk it? You know, three games into the season, I don't think Jimmy G is going to play just because of you know the turf itself. And then Mostert's the same way. If you look at the other side of things, I mean, obviously Saquon is out, Slayton's still there. I mean, they're just going to have to throw the ball deep. Richard Sherman's probably not going to play. So I mean. It's definitely an even match. You have Nick Mullins going against Daniel Jones. It's going to be Nicky Montana. 
Nikki Montana, yeah. So, I mean, it could be anyone's game. I mean, obviously, the waiver ad this week it, on both sides, I think one and two, the biggest waiver ads came from this game is Jarek McKinnon from the 49ers and then Devonta Friedman from the Giants. Um, McKinnon might be in there for a couple of weeks just based on Tevin Coleman going on IR. And then, you know, Devonta Freeman, he's going to be the, the bell cow, even though he hasn't played in months. Who knows what that's going to do? But uh, I think the Giants can win this game, which it, it, I don't want them to win the game. Uh, but I, I think they could for sure. I, I'm going to have to strongly d- disagree with you. I think the 49ers win this one, even if Nicky Montana's in at quarterback. He moved the ball pretty well against the Jets anyway. Like he's played in football games. It's not like he's uh he's never touched a football before and he's being thrusted into a starting game. He he's he started in the NFL before, he's won games in the NFL before. I get he's not that good, but I still think that they will win this game. And uh, I think the Giants are too beat up. I don't think Devontae Freeman can come off the couch and and carry the Giants to a victory. Um, At least McKinnon got to play a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, what was that, fourth and a third and 30, and he took it for 51? I mean, that's that's pretty clutch from Jarek McKinnon. He just has to do that like three times, and they'll beat the Giants. Um, True. (laughs) That's my opinion. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Let's head on over to the surprise Las Vegas Raiders 2-0. Um, I disrespected them week one. I did. And I'm going to own that. I said, who cares? Um, I was not interested in them. And I am rocked to my core, but I like it. They looked great on Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints. And they're taking on Cam Newton and the Patriots, who were one play away from mm. being 2-0. And we can talk about that play call a little bit. We can talk about the play design. I actually kind of liked the play call. Um, it w- run it with Cam on the one-yard line. It worked before. Why not try it again? Um, I would have changed the formation a little bit so exactly. that there, there'd be a wide receiver or <laughs> someone yeah. on the field to open it up. But I like the play call, just maybe not the play design. Um, but meanwhile, you know, the Raiders look so good. Josh Jacobs is a, a running machine. Derek Carr slinging it. I mean, uh, Waller has been killing it at tight end. This, I think, is going to be a very fun game. And I'm shocked that I'm saying that because the Raiders have not been a fun team in some time. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And if the wide receivers performed, it would be, you know, lights out for the, the Raiders right now. But Henry Ruggs can't get his feet under him. Brian Edwards, you know, he's... He's a rookie, so obviously he's he's off to a slow start, but he looks like the better rookie out of the two. You know, you said Waller, Jacobs are just completely killing it. Hunter Renfro uh, is, is is showing the rookies how it's done, which is crazy because he wasn't supposed to be that guy in that role. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, it, Cam Newton's looking really good, um, and the Patriots don't often lose two games in a row, so it it's going to be interesting to see how they perform this week. Bill Belichick has been rocked to his core as well, showing up to the press conference in a shirt that looked like he pulled it out of the dumpster. So <laughs> um, as far as waiver ads, there wasn't a lot this week. I mean, if Brian Edwards was still available, you could have added him from the Raiders, but Julian Edelman, he might be a must start from this week going forward. I mean, he and Cam Newton definitely have a bond to say the least. He had 179 yards receiving. He almost brought me back to a crazy comeback, but I, lost I, I could not believe he did not get in the end zone. Five, I well, I lost by a yard because he was brought down at the one yard line. But in my fantasy matchup, I lost by to- five total yards for the entire week. So I mean, he he tried his best. Um, and then Bird, I mean, it, Bird and Edelman seemed like the one-two punch for. Uh, for Newton. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the Patriots is simply because they don't lose two games in a row. I don't care if it's Tom Brady or Cam Newton. It's just, they're going to find a way to win this game, but it's going to be a lot closer than I thought it was two weeks ago. Yeah. And I like Harry on the Patriots too. I, I think um, he gets targeted a lot. You know, he, he's definitely someone they're trying to work into the offense. I, you know, I don't know if the numbers are quite there, but I think eventually he's a younger player that could kind of click into place. I don't know if this is necessarily the matchup though, but um. Listen, the Raiders looked really, really good against the Saints. The Saints are a Super Bowl caliber type of team. Um, The Pats lost by one yard to the Seattle Seahawks, who are a Super Bowl caliber type of team. Um, 
from a bets perspective, the Raiders are almost a full touchdown underdogs. They're six and a half point underdogs. I think that's crazy disrespectful after the game they put up against the Saints. So I would take the Raiders plus six and a half, but I think the Patriots eke out a win here. Um, I just think it's close. Maybe yeah. maybe Cam runs it in in the last second this week. We'll, we'll find out. Let's talk about one of my favorite teams this season. I think that they're so impressive. I'm shocked with how much I enjoy watching them because – I used to joke all the time that I could get my best sleep while watching this team. The Tennessee Titans, they've been so fun to watch. Week one, they look like hot garbage, though. They've been so fun to watch. They one, look one like out, hot garbage. One out of They're, two weeks, they've been good. They but. looked great week one. It was just at 10 p.m. at night. No one likes watching that game. Uh, <laughs> uh, neither did Derrick Henry that game. Yeah, that's true. And, and yeah. I me and Derrick Henry have to have a conversation. But they've been fun to watch. you got to admit it. They're, 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 they're going out there. They're trying things. They're slinging the ball. Tannehill looked like a beast last week. And they're mm-hmm. taking on a Vikings team. And, and Marcus couldn't join us this week. So we'll have to make fun of his Vikings for him. 0-2. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought played a good game against the Packers week one. I mean, they they ran into the best quarterback. You know, one of the best quarterbacks doing the, the best things. You know, like, he was unstoppable. But they yeah. put up a fight. Like, they were in the game. You're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers when he's like that. I don't care what team you are. No. But then last week they faced the Bills. And, right? It was the Bills. Yeah. Am I getting confused? I don't remember who they played last week, honestly. I, I think it was the Bills. No, the Bills played the Dolphins. That's right. Who did they play? Someone they lost to. Yeah, I mean, they're 0-2. I'll yeah. pick this up in a second. Oh, the Colts, who, oh, yeah. you know, Phillip Rivers is allergic to wins in September, and he he's still he still got one. Um, I mean, Kirk Cousins looked dreadful last week, just dreadful. Uh, yeah. n- nothing could go right for him. The defense, you know, I think considering they only lost 28 to 11, did as good a job as they can uh, because that's how bad Kirk Cousins was. Like, this should have been like a – a 45 to, to three type of game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to do to right the ship. They have seemingly all the right players, but it's just not coming together. Um, and they're playing a team in Tennessee who I like the quarterback right now. Tannehill is, is looking good. Henry, you know, didn't have a great game last week. He had an okay game week one. Um, I think he can have a much bigger role in week three. Um, he is someone on my fantasy team. You have to start Derrick Henry if you have him. Um, but I, I think he's going to have a good game. Um, I also am a big fan of Corey Davis. Um, there's some some other injuries, you know, going on with with AJ Brown um, on the Titans receiving core. Jonu Smith has been a big part of the the receiving game, but Davis has had uh, double digit points back to back weeks. Um, got in the end zone last week. Um, didn't have as much yardage in last week's game, but, you know, he got in the end zone. Week one, he went for 101, though. Um, so he's somebody that I think you have to – you should be considering sneaking into your lineup. Sean Smith should definitely be a start if he's someone you have. He He's a big part of this offense. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Tannehill could be a, a start as well. I was texting with Marcus uh, a little earlier in the week. And I, w- I was saying to him, you have to – he has a, an ugly quarterback situation in one of his leagues. I said, you have to pick up Tannehill and start. Like, you have to. Your quarterback situation is that bad. And Tannehill went out and slinged it last week. He had four touchdowns. I mean, he was a monster. I felt very proud for our son, Marcus, um, <laughs> for, for, for listening to me and getting those points. Um, Adam Humphreys is another name on the Titans uh, offense that you should be considering. He got in the end zone last week. Um, it does bother me that there's kind of seemingly a lot of options on the Titans offense, and you don't necessarily know who's that target is going to be. But right now they seem to be spreading the wealth fairly equally, um, and this is a very good matchup for them. So I, I like the Titans a lot in this one. This is going to be a trap game, Craig. I'm Again? It's going to be a trap game. I'm telling this is the perfect scenario for it. Kirk Cousins knows that if he doesn't perform this game, they're going to start looking elsewhere. 
I mean, he's statistically, he started off the worst he's ever started off, which means he's absolutely going to kill this week. Um, but I'll start with your Titans. I mean, you, the like big, you like that, don't you? I hate Kirk Cousins. I hope he doesn't win another game. But the big three on the Titans for me, Derek Henry, John New Smith, and Corey Davis. I mean, you already talked about them. Those are the three that I would start. I don't know about Tannehill this week just simply because the Vikings defense isn't terrible. They lost a lot of key pieces, but, I mean, it's still it's still there. Um, and on the flip side, Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to have a good game. I, I, I know for a fact Adam Thielen is going to have a good game because he has a good game every single week, uh, even with Kirk Cousins doing what he's doing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for me, this, this, this seems like a trap game. I mean – they're in Minneapolis. The Titans are, I'm going to say, underperforming based on what they could be and what they were last year. And the Vikings need this win more than any other team in the NFL. So for me, I think the Vikings win by a field goal. Listen, I could see that happening, but I I do think that uh, I do think that the Titans are going to win this one. The Vikings are two and a half point fa- or underdogs, so you know. Vegas thinks that this is going to be a pretty pretty tight one. Um, I think it'll be a close game as well, but I, I really like Tennessee here. Um, let's move on to the Washington football team taking on the Cleveland Browns. Both teams are one and one. Washington faced probably one of the top five teams in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals last week. Um, got demolished. Got demolished 15 to 30. But, you know, Scary Terry had a good game, 125 yards. Um I thought that um, Gibson had an okay game. I'm starting to, you know, question what his fantasy performance is going to look like during the year. However, they got behind very early. Um, So, you know, how much could the running back really get involved? He had an okay game, uh, 55 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, okay for a running back. But Scary Terry was really the story. 125 yards, one touchdown. Total beast last week. Um, Cleveland, listen, they also looked really good last week against the Bengals. I think the Bengals' defense is pretty trash. Um, Joe Burrow kept them in that game. The defense really didn't do a lot. Nope. Um, but really the thing with, with the Browns is their ability to run the football. They have two beasts back there. Uh, and I'll throw this one over to you. I talked a lot about the Titans. Why don't you break it down? So, I mean, for me – this is going to be not a close game and I must have something against the Redskins. Cause I said the same thing last week. I said, it was the, football gonna be a team. the football team. I, it's probably going to take me until 2021. <laughs> I'm actually reading football team on my screen. I still said the R word. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you got scary Terry and you got Antonio uh, Gibson. I think Antonio is more so for dynasty at this point. Um, it's just that he needs he needs a little time under his belt. The only one I would start on the football team is McLaren. Um, and then on the flip side, the Browns. You got if you have Hunt and Chubb, start them both. Um, they ran. It was one of the best running performances I've ever seen last week. You know, even when Chubb didn't get in on the one yard line, they got the ball right back, and then he got in on the one yard line. So they're they're and, and then Hunt barely played until the fourth quarter, and he was getting like. 20 yards a carry. I mean, it was insanity. Yeah, he he equals Nick Chubb most weeks, uh, or he goes over what Nick Chubb has. So both of those guys are definitely must-starts. Uh, I don't know if I would start either wide receiver because you just don't know who it's going to be. Odell got the nice touchdown last week. Yeah, I would love to say start Odell, but it's kind of touchdown dependent. And then Jarvis Landry had an off game, you know, both weeks so far. Um so for me, I would focus on the Browns running game. I think the, the running game is going to be enough to have them win this game by a lot. Uh, I think Nick Chubb is going to have over 100 yards. I can see Kareem Hunt having over 100 yards. I think this is going to be a game like a 35 to 10 type game where there's going to be like three rushing touchdowns. It's going to be it's going to be a good game for the ground. I, I agree. I think Cleveland wins this one probably pretty easily. I like what Washington is starting to put together. Um, I just don't think they have enough in the tank really to compete. Um, I also like Austin Hooper a little bit in this this game matchup wise against Washington. It's it's a good matchup for him. Um, he has been pretty irrelevant week one and week two. Um, this is going to be a game where he kind of has to prove his worth. 
so to speak. Um, and I think he could do that, especially with some inconsistencies with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, et cetera. Um, you know, if they're not just running the football every single play, but if they are, Hooper will be on the on the field, right? Because tight ends are usually involved in the run game. Mm-hmm. That's that's at least my hope. I have him on my roster. It's a little bit of a of a, a prayer. Put some positive energy out into the world. He came close a lot of times last week. You know. He- yeah, yeah. He can't. He came close. Listen, it's. I. I think. I do think that eventually he's going to. It's. He's going to click. It. It just might take a few weeks. Um, but this could be the week. I, I think it could be that um, he really gets involved in the offense and starts to gel a little bit. Let's talk about a game that I think is probably more exciting than it should be, like in terms of how people are going to talk about it because they're both 2-0. and But the Rams at Buffalo against the Bills, um, you have a hatred for Josh Allen. I mm-hmm. don't blame you, but he's performing. Mm-hmm. He's doing well. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. Um, and the Bills' offense as a whole, from what we've been able to watch, because there was a major technical difficulties down in Miami last week, have looked pretty good. Um, they're running the football well. Diggs has been a, a great addition. He's scoring lots of fantasy points, and you should continue to start him. Um, Brown has been doing very well as well, John Brown. And the Rams have been also pretty um, pretty good so far this year. Um you know, golf has looked pretty good early. Um, they've been running the football pretty effectively. Um, your boy Woods has looked really good. Um, I think that this game is probably going to be the biggest test for both teams because I think you could argue both teams are kind of pretenders. Um, they haven't fa- had the strongest, you know, opponents so far. Um you know, they have some talented guys, but traditionally have not been top tier guys. Um, what, what's your, your kind of thought process through this one? I mean, exactly what you just said. Uh, the Bills beat the Jets and the Dolphins. I think I could beat the Jets and the Dolphins at something at this point. But, uh, you know, Josh Allen, he's an MVP candidate right now, which hurt my heart to even say that. But, I mean, the way he's running and throwing it, he is. Uh, Diggs, Diggs and Brown, the main two guys, I would avoid the running back situation because they haven't figured that out yet between Moss and Singletary. I think it's complete toss up. And plus Allen takes a lot of those, those rushing opportunities away. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, the, another big waiver claim this week was Daryl Henderson from the, uh, the Rams. Uh, it seems like a new lead running back happens every single week. It was Brown. Then it's, you know, it's supposed to be acres and now it's Henderson. So he had a really good game last week. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, those are the main guys that I want to focus on. What do you think about Tyler Higby? I mean, he had three touchdowns yeah. last week for the Rams. Um, or, sorry, yeah, for the Rams. Um, he has a tougher matchup against the Bills defense, but, you know, it, the Bills are just such a hard team to gauge because they've faced such talentless teams so far. Yeah, I mean, Mike Kosicki had a good game against the Bills, and I, I think that Tyler Higby is kind of a sing- – similar player to Mike Gusecki, the way that they play. So the, I mean, Higgins going to have another good game. I think um, it's going to be a close game. I really don't even know who's going to win this game. I feel like they're like the same team in different conferences almost. Um, no, I I th- the I, yeah, I, I want the Rams to win as well. We're both Jets fans. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, the Rams right now are two and a half point underdogs. This isn't a game that I would bet. Um, no. I, I, I just think, there's a lot of unknowns with both of these teams. Um, this is just going to be kind of a fun one to see who's who's for real and who's a who's a pretender. Uh, my gut tells me is that the Bills are a little bit of a pretender, um, but we'll find out. I mean, you know, that's all that's all we can do is just wait and see. Uh, let's talk about this two and O Chicago Bears. That that shocked me as I read yeah. it, and the O and two Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are hosting the Bears. The Falcons gave up. What seemed like a three thousand point lead to Dallas. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I forget the exact number, but it's the first time in NFL history that that large of a margin has been overcome. Yep. Um, so kudos, Falcons. Uh, you are continually meme worthy for giving up large leads. Um, but they're gonna have a chance to write the ship because they're playing a team in Chicago who, again, a bit of pretender type of situation. They haven't played the best teams. They've played uh, the Lions, who are, uh, you know, they're okay. They're not great. And the Giants, who aren't that good. Um, 
you know, I, the Falcons should have won that game against Dallas last week, who was one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, I don't know what happened at the end, but it's probably poor coaching. Um, but I think that, you know, they're going to be able to, to force turnovers again against Chicago. And I don't think Chicago's offense is capable of coming back the same way Dallas was. Yeah. I mean, the bears were two plays away from being zero and two right now. I mean, if Swift catches the touchdown in the end zone, they're on one. And then the giants had a play, you know, they had one last play to hit the end zone. They didn't make it work last week. And that would have been zero and two and the Falcons, you know, they, they should be one and one right now. I think the Falcons have a lot more talent than the Bears do. Um, you know, Julio might not play this week, which that would be not great. But, I mean, you see what Calvin Ridley is doing this year. He is he's a beast putting up wide receiver one numbers. And then Russell Gage, he's putting up wide receiver one numbers too. I mean, he's someone that – He almost threw a touchdown last week too. Yeah, he's doing it at all. I mean, he's everything that they wanted in Muhammad Sanu um, that they didn't get. So, I mean, for me, he's in my daily lineup, which we're going to go over later. He's one of my way rides this week. And, you know, he's someone that is going to, you know, compete for, for balls every single week. You know, it seems like it's the, the big four guys right now. I mean, it's it's Julio, it's Ridley, it's Gage, and then it's Hayden Hurst as far as, you know, receiving goes. Hayden Hurst even had a good game last week. Gurley did not. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with Gurley this week. You know, Chicago is pretty good against the run, so who knows. And on the flip side, Allen Robinson's going to have himself a day. Um, the Falcons give up a lot of cards through they the were, air. Were, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he'd be my start as far as the Bears and only him. That would be the only Bear I would start. Um, I think you could pretty much start anyone on the Falcons um, this week. I would start anyone on the Falcons most weeks. Matt Ryan just airs it out. Yeah, yeah. They're going to put up points. They just don't seem to win games. But yeah. for fantasy players, Falcons are just killer. Just maybe yeah. shy away from the defense. Um, who maybe this week I'm actually starting. But, but this, yeah, but this week I am. So yeah. uh, uh, I was I caught myself. I was like, wait a minute, didn't I pick them up? Yeah, they have a great mm-hmm. matchup. Um, so yeah, I uh, even this week start the defense. I think I think it should be good. Yeah. Uh, let's head on over to. Teddy Bridgewater and the 0-2 Carolina Panthers. They looked pretty good week one. They didn't look great last week. They're facing the 1-1 Los Angeles Chargers. I'm still not used to that, them being an L.A. team. Um, Tyrod Taylor had a lung punctured while receiving like a like a cortisone shot. Yeah, uh, and Justin Herbert had to get thrust into the starting role. And he didn't look bad. He looked pretty good. He didn't look bad. I forget who they played exactly. Um, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. And they he almost looked, won that game. Came down to a field goal. A I mean, yard field goal. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert looked the dragon right in the eye and, and you know, didn't blink. Like, he, he put up a pretty good game, I thought. Um, definitely a much easier matchup against uh, – wow, why am I blanking? Wait, Panthers. Against the Panthers. It's yeah. a much easier matchup. Um but I think there's there's some fantasy opportunities on both sides of the ball here. Um, I kind of like Robbie Anderson this week. Um, he's looked really good the last two weeks. Looked better week one. He had 25 points. But last week, you know, he was targeted 10 times, 109 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, and he had a fumble. But, you know, he's clearly, like, the main guy here. And Teddy Bridgewater likes throwing him the football. I think he has – you know, I think this is a good matchup against the Chargers. Um, the Chargers defense did look good last week against the Chiefs. But, listen, I, I, I think Robbie Anderson is probably going to have himself a pretty good game. Um, he If he can do what he did against Tampa Bay last week, he's a good start. Um, other than that, I'm not really in love with anyone on the Panthers' offense this week. Um, McCaffrey is battling the injury, right? So maybe you want to go with um, Davis. Right, mm-hmm. who's the backup running back? But mm-hmm. I, I think there's probably some better plays available. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, as far as a waiver ad, Mike Davis isn't a bad idea. I mean, he came in, you know, last week and he had he had a good game. I mean, when McCaffrey went down, Panthers love to run the ball. Uh, so Mike Davis, you know, he should be a nice, you know, fill in 
running back if you got hit by the injury bug, which I know a lot of people did, and a lot of people like to handcuff. So if you handcuff McCaffrey to Davis, there you go, put him in. Um, Robbie Anderson, he, he's playing the same role he did on the Jets. He's he's getting a lot of yards and losing games. So kudos. <laughs> but uh, on the flip side, I, I feel like I would start almost every Charger. I mean, Eckler is going to have a good game. I think Keenan Allen's going to have a good game. Uh, I like Hunter Henry this game. He has a questionable tag right now, but I think he'll be fine. Mike Williams needs to get out of his own way. I think this might be the week. And you could start Justin Herbert this week. I really do believe you can. I mean, I, I think it's a good matchup. Um, it's confident, too. Yeah, you look what the Bucks' offense was able to do last week against the Panthers. Uh, and I, I get that Tom Brady is the quarterback. And it's a big, a big stretch from Tom Brady to Justin Herbert. But mm-hmm. that being said, Everybody was getting into the end zone from Tampa Bay. I mean, Fournette was getting in. Uh, Fournette, I had called fantasy irrelevant last week, and he had a monster of a performance. So, I mean, you know, I, I think that there's there's a lot of good options from the Chargers, especially just kind of given how well they played last week. Yeah. I mean, I you know, we're getting a little bit ahead, but, I mean, I think Fournette's going to take over the lead back uh, role right now. But uh, Chargers are going to win by a big margin. I, I think that, you know, it's going to be – it's gonna be hard for the Panthers without McCaffrey, to say the least. DJ Moore might have you know a, a good game just simply because they're gonna be down so much, but it's gonna be the Chargers game. Uh, and that's another reason why I like Anderson. I, I they're gonna be trying to sling it, sling it deep, and you know I, I think I think there's gonna be some garbage time points, which in fantasy is like Gold. the best. I love garbage time yep, points. Yep, me too. It's so much fun. Let's head on down the line here, and I'll I'll skip my list here a little bit. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay. Um, mm. We just talked about him, Leonard Fournette, uh, the one on one Tampa Bay Bucks against the zero and two Denver Broncos. Um, their quarterback, whose name I'm blanking on, Drew Locke. Blake Bortles. Blake. Well, Drew Locke got hurt last week, and they signed yeah. Blake Bortles. Yeah. Um, because Mr. Driscoll is a bit of a bum. Is Bortles starting this week? It's up in the air. I don't know. I mean, I would start Driscoll over Bortles, but who knows at this point what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a topsy-turvy season for sure. But all of that being said leads me to say that Leonard Fournette is a must-start this week in, in your fantasy leagues. He, I think it took him a couple of weeks to familiarize himself with the offense. He was a very late add right, to the season. Yeah. Um, he was a stud last week. 103 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 27 fantasy points. I get that Denver is a a tougher matchup, but they're going to get ahead so much so early that they're just going to be running the football. I mean, in the second half, it's going to be all Leonard Fournette the entire game. Uh, You are going to get points. Uh, I think he is an absolute must start this week. Um I think, honestly, they could score two defensive touchdowns early and just run the football out the, the rest of the game. And if that's the case, you're going to want any Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back you can get your hands on. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't see myself starting anyone on the Broncos this week outside of maybe Melvin Gordon or Noah Fant, but I don't know. I, I, I think this is going to be definitely one-sided. Chris Godwin's back. Mike Evans is is full fully you know healthy. Scotty Miller's fully healthy. You don't even need Gronk because he's so irrelevant right now on that team, but you have OJ Howard and then Fournette. I mean, I knew Rojo wasn't going to be the guy the entire year. I mean, I just think that Bruce Arians had to stick to his word that Rojo was our guy, and, and he was for the first week and not so much anymore. So as someone who drafted Fournette, who has Fournette on his bench uh, and is being offered crazy trades for Fournette right now. I mean, I'm very happy to have him. I got offered Todd Gurley today for him today, and you know, I mean that that that's it's a that's little enticing. That's it enticing. Is enticing. You know, you know, Todd Gurley is the starter, but I mean, Fournette definitely has the upside. So uh, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be. You know, <laughs> I, I said it's 35 to 10 with the Browns over the football team, so I'm going to go 35 to 10 with the Buccaneers over the Broncos. I mean, it's just one of those games. Yeah, it, it it really is, and I'm looking for the point spread. The Bucks are only six point favorites. Like I think, don't get that at all. Yeah, I I, I think that you could probably get away with them. Uh, you could probably bet them, and I'm just looking at the the, the spreads real quick. You could probably bet them minus fourteen and a half, <laughs> and and yeah. still like and still probably be safe. 
and, yeah. and make a lot more money. Um, so yeah, I, I think this this game's not even close. Another game that won't even be close: the zero two New York Jets travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, who murdered Kirk Cousins and the Vikings at uh, was that Lucas Oil Stadium? I'm really yeah. like blanking on everything, but but I do remember it. It's like I'm blanking, but it comes out of my mouth, and I'm like, is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium. Um, listen, the only thing that I could think could. There, there's only one shot at the Jets winning this, and it's the Philip Rivers September curse. Like that's that's really the only scenario in which the Jets win this game because they have looked so bad. I don't know how they're allowed to be an NFL team. Okay, you're they, a Jets fan, right? I, I mean, am a Jets fan. Who is the Jets' third wide receiver right now? I have no idea. Exactly. No I one have does. no idea. The third wide receiver right now is Josh Malone. Oh, Josh Malone. I don't know. They're number I one think I got. A, I think I got a beer with him a few months back. At the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you have no one on that. They're, and they're not trying to replenish the team. I mean, number one, their number one wide receiver is the uh, guy that we have had on the show multiple times, Chris Hogan. Nice guy. Great guy. It's very nice. I mean, but you know, I, I like having him on my team. But I would love to have Jamison Crowder back, who's not practicing, and. You know, your number two wide receiver right now is Braxton Berrios, who looks like he should be modeling for Calvin Klein and not catching slants. And then Chris Herndon just doesn't know how to play football anymore, so it's a great time. Um, the only one I would add on the Jets is just strictly someone you should stash for later because I think he's going to be the guy when they actually have a coach uh, is P. Ryan. I think he's going to be the running back. You know, in Dynasty, you want to stash him because he definitely has the mechanics. Um, and as far as starting this week, Everyone on the Colts, and I'm talking Philip Rivers, I'm talking Jonathan Taylor, I'm talking uh, T.Y. Hilton, Zach Pascal is a very good w- waiver ad this week with Paris Handel, uh, Paris Campbell going down. Mo Ali Cox is a really good start this week. He had a great game last week, and he's going to be the tight end again, and the Jets cannot guard tight ends, as you saw with what happened to yeah. Jordan Reed. So. Yeah. If you want to start Mo Ali Cox for free in, in daily, because I think he's worth like $0.08, cents, you know, you're probably going to score the most. Um, this is another week I'm going to watch Red Zone because this is going to be a 42 to 10 game. This and is going to be more than a blowout. This is going to be a full tear down. They're going to go down to the studs. The only thing that stinks about watching Red Zone is that you're still going to have to see every single touchdown from that game. Oh, yeah. I, I want to see, <laughs> see them get dismantled this season. I want them to go 0 yeah. 16. I want yeah. them to be out the door, and I want them to have the first overall pick. So when an actual Coach comes in here. You got you know a little toys to work with. Makai back then has been great. I mean, he's been fantastic. I mean, yeah, you got to give love where where love is due. He's looked like a slam dunk of a pick. Yeah, he's the best offensive uh, graded rookie this year. Uh, he's in the running for rookie of the year just based on you know how well he's performed. An offensive tackle is not going to win rookie of the year. Let's just face it; it's probably going to be you know. Burrow or if Herbert plays well or maybe even Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And on the flip side, I mean, Quinn Williams got two sacks. So if he can be half the man he's supposed to be, you have two players going forward <laughs> out of the 53. So you just need 51 more. Yeah. Dudes in, dudes in the trenches going for a Super Bowl. I like it. The Colts are 10.5-point favorites. I think they should be 21.5-point favorites. Yep. I think this game is going to be real ugly much like uh, the Jets dismantling by at the hands of, of San Francisco. Yeah. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I think – I mean, I knew the Seattle Seahawks were good. I did not realize they were this good. Yeah. I think that Russell Wilson looks like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And I'm including Mahomes. I'm including Lamar Jackson. To me, Russell Wilson looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. He's making all the throws. He's dangerous with his feet. He's a leader of men. Like he looks like the guy. You look at the wide receivers. DK Metcalf is looking like a beast. He plays angry. He plays tough. I love him. Tyler Lockett, we love him. We say every week on the show he's the most underappreciated NFL wide receiver. They're running the football well. The defense looks great. They came up big ish, but they, I mean, they came up huge when they had to against Cam Newton and the Patriots on the one yard line. Wait, 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 wait. So let me just tell you, Jamal Adams gave up 166 yards through the air 
Well, Jamal Adams is a liability, and we know that. Okay. But <laughs> go ahead, continue. But when they had to make a play, the Seahawks made the play. Yeah. Right. Well, they they came up big, and that I mean that is a, a difference maker. The Patriots are a Super Bowl caliber team. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to come up big on the one yard line. Something the Seahawks have not done well historically in Super Bowls, mm-hmm. i.e., throwing it mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting intercepted. But I, you know, they've looked. Incredible. The Dallas Cowboys, on the other hand, ugly week one, ugly, ugly three quarters, two quarters last week, and historic comeback to end the game. I don't know what to think of Dallas. I have no idea. But what I do know is, is that the Seahawks might be the best team in the NFL. And I think that they are going to run away with this. one. I'm going to say that the best team in the NFC I don't, I don't really know if it came down to them against the Ravens or the Chiefs. That's going to be a really tough game. And you're going to see which team is better this, this week. week. We're about to talk about it. But uh, the only teams that can beat the Seahawks right now in the NFC, I'm looking at the Packers, I'm looking at possibly the Saints, and I'm looking at possibly the Cowboys. You know, they're a sneaky good team. They have really great offense. The weakness right now in the Seahawks, ironically enough, is their defense, if you're looking at a weakness, because they are – stacked on offense. You know, Russell Wilson had five touchdowns last week. <clears throat> Tyler Lockett. And ball. somehow only 285 yards. He didn't need the yards. He just dinked and dunked. I, I mean, needed the yards. Well, yeah. I had some money down. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get it back this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – this this game could really go it either could be way. A, yeah, it, it, it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Yes. But no. – I and I, I think anybody start anybody on uh, if you yeah. have a Seahawk if you have a Cowboy start yeah. the only one the, I'm, the only one I'm kind of on the fence about is Gallup just because he's having up and down season so far but literally anyone else yeah CD um, Lamb Cooper you know anyone yeah uh, uh, Elliot doesn't matter I you know I think they're they're all going to have good games at the end of the day I think the Seahawks can make the play to win the game. Um, I know the Cowboys did that last week. I think they had Greg the Leg to thank. I don't know if Greg the Leg can win a football game two weeks in a in a row. It's not too often that the kicker single handedly puts the team on their back for the last couple of plays. Well, <laughs> your name is Harrison Bucker, who does it way too often for the Chiefs. <laughs> and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a real fun one from a fantasy perspective. That a lot of options. Go ahead and, and play them. Uh, the last game in the 4 o'clock block is the Arizona Cardinals against the Detroit Lions. I think we can really skip over this one, honestly. Um, start everybody on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Sit everyone on the Lions. What I've learned this week, Rich, and this is, this is the segue into our, our brand new segment. We're going to do this every week. What I learned this week, this is my biggest takeaway, is I am not starting – Anyone who is a running back for the Detroit Lions in anything for the rest of the year. I have no idea who's going to be carrying the football. It's on Johnson. It's Adrian Peterson. It's Swift. It's it's Rich Wilhelm. It's Marcus Taylor. It's John Hazlett. I mean, it could be anybody carrying the rock for them. There's no way to predict it. Don't bother trying. Don't use them in DFS. Don't try playing any of them on your fantasy leagues. It's not worth it. The Lions have looked bad this year. I think the only – really the only person I'd consider playing is TJ Hawkinson. I think he's looked pretty good so far this year. Um, But even that, I just – I don't think anyone on the line is worth it this weekend. Any difference of opinion there? No, I'm with you. It's going to not be a close game again. So Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about Sunday Night Football now. The Green Bay Packers, 2-0, are taking on the 1-1 New Orleans Saints. Lost a a close game in primetime football. Um, I think this is go- has potential for another really fun matchup, a really fun football game. Um, Devontae Adams is battling a little bit of a hammy, and it has me concerned. Um, like I said, I mentioned earlier, he went from 41.6 points to 6.6 points. Um, and I'm curious what the injury report is going to look like over the next couple of days in Green Bay from a fantasy perspective. But listen, I the Packers can sling it, man. I mean, they – Anyone on the on their offense is worth playing. Aaron Jones had a monstrous game last week. Just monstrous game. Um, 
And, uh, uh, you know, on the flip side, the Saints are, are really good all over too. I mean, they're no Michael Thomas, right? He's he's injured. Is he out for the year? Well, he might, he might play this week. They're both questionable. I mean, I honestly, yeah. I was going to say it really comes down to which one of them plays. Yeah, from a who's going to win perspective, I think whoever has their top running back is going to – or top wide receiver is going to win this one. But both teams have great running backs. They have great quarterbacks. I, this is going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, really the thing I learned since we did, you know, what you learned, I learned that the Packers really didn't have to add anyone at wide receiver. And, and the people that were freaking out, I mean, they had the three that they knew that they needed. But Devontae Adams and Al Lazard and Maldez, uh, Valdez Scantling, Marquez Valdez Scantling, I mean, they all put up numbers. Um, so their core is great. And then on the flip side of things, Alvin Kamara is the best running back in the NFL right now. Without yeah. it, yeah. Saquon's out for the year. Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for like four weeks. Alvin Kamara is the do anything, catch anything, run anywhere back. And I'm kind of beating myself up because I was so conflicted about who I should take it for. And luckily I took Alvin Kamara in both of the leagues. Um, and I'm 2-0 and in those leagues. Um, so, I mean, you know, Alvin Kamara, he's going to jump up boards next year. It's going to be McCaffrey one, Kamara two, and then Zeke three, I think just based on what's happening so far. So this is going to be a game where it's going to come down to is Devonta playing? Is Michael Thomas playing? If they're both out, I think it's the Saints game. If Devonta plays and Michael Thomas doesn't play, it's the Packers game. And the flip side, if Michael Thomas plays and Devonta Adams doesn't play, it's going to be the Saints game. So it's going to be, Sunday night and Monday night, they definitely they did this the right way. They didn't do Thursday night right at all. They kind of threw Thursday night against the wall and said, "Here you go," but uh, they made up for it later in the week. Yeah, I mean the primetime games uh, over the weekend are just going to be incredible. I think the Saints' defense is just slightly better than Green Bay's. So you're right. I think if if both number one receivers are out, I I'm going to agree with you that I think the Saints win this one. Um, but I don't know, man. This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a real fun one to watch. And now the game of the week. This is yeah, of the year. Of the year. Of I mean, this is like what we've been waiting for and talking about just for months and months. The Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, in Baltimore facing what looks like to be like the greatest football team that we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, they're just so dominant in every phase of the game, offensively, defensively. They have a, a top-tier coach in John Harbaugh. The Chiefs have a top-tier coach in Andy Reid. This is like, I mean, really just two trains heading at each other. Right? I mean, like there's no other way to describe it. Um, that being said, though, the Chiefs looked human last week. Yeah. I don't know what the formula is. Now, granted, they pulled it out. They won the game that they had to win. It was a divisional game, right? Divisional games are always tough, even if it's not, you know, the best team. Like, they they will come out and play their best games possible when it's within the division. But I really think that this is I, – I don't know how to analyze this game, honestly, because I just think that both teams have MVP-type players – and those are the types of games where I just I sit back, relax, and I just want to be a fan. I mean, both teams have MVPs. Let's just put it that way. I mean, you, you look at Patrick Mahomes and you look at Lamar Jackson, and that's the future of the NFL. I mean, they are they are the Brady Manning of of this, you know, era. I mean, there's I don't see there's gonna be any step down from either of these guys. And just based on the Chiefs showing a little bit of weakness. I think this might be the Ravens game to win. And I wouldn't say that last year. I don't think I would say that two weeks ago. It's just the way that the Ravens are built, everyone gets involved. And there's not any there's not any one behind Hollywood Brown at wide receiver, and there doesn't have to be. You know, you look that, at Duke Fernet, yeah. he's getting involved. That's what's so interesting about the Ravens, is they don't seem to have outside of Lamar Jackson, right? Like a lot of blue chip guys. They have a lot of young talented guys. Mark Ingram might be considered a, a blue chip player, yeah. but like their wide receiver core, their tight ends are good, but we're not talking. These guys aren't like all pro players across the board, but they all are good enough where with 
kind of very creative play calling and a masterful quarterback. I mean, they're just like unstoppable. They're all across the board too good for anyone to cover. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, you play to the team and the people that are around you. I mean, Mark Andrews looks like Travis Kelsey. I mean, he he catches everything. Last week, he didn't get any you know targets in the second half because they were just so far ahead. And now you have you know you have Dobbins coming on, taking over Ingram's role, and you just they just keep hitting every single you know draft pick that they have. And on the flip side, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Sammy Watkins got hurt. McCall McCall Hardman hasn't been doing anything all year. And then Demarcus Robinson is kind of underperforming. So there's humanness on the Chiefs side of things. Um, And I think it's going to come to a head this week. But, I mean, these teams are going to be right back in the AFC Championship game. I don't see any path where they get knocked off the pedestal this year. No, yeah, I think this is an AFC Championship preview for sure. The last time they faced, 33-28 to last September, uh, the Chiefs won that game. Um, the only, there's really only one player that I think you should temper your, your expectations for. And that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the chief side that the Ravens rush defense is just incredible. Mm. Um, and I think that if the chiefs are going to win this game or stay in this game, Mahomes is going to have to sling it to keep up with the other guy across the, across the field. So I don't think this is going to be a run heavy game, at least from the chief side. Uh, the way the Ravens run the football with Lamar and with Ingram, they can get big yardage on the ground. Um, but yeah, I, that's really the only the only thing I would say. I think defensively, the Ravens are a better team, and I think they're going to edge this one out against the Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be close. There's no way that it's going to be you know more than a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one for sure. So that's all the games. We talked about all the games. We said this was going to be a fast show. It felt fast, but it really wasn't. We've been on the air for about an hour now. Um, so apologies for anyone expecting a fast show, but you're getting all kinds of great analysis from us. It's, it's great. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about some daily fantasy lineups. And Rich, we'll start with you, and I'll pop it up on the screen. Talk us through what you've put together. I really love the Cardinals this year, so I got a Cardinal stack in there. I think it's going to be a blowout, so I got Kyler Murray in there at quarterback. I got DeAndre Hopkins in there at wide receiver. Miles Sanders is you know, probably the only hope for Philly this week. He's going to get a lot of carries and be the bell cow for the rest of the year. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Anyone can run against the Jets. He's the bell cow. He's the guy. Uh, Scary Terry, he is going to probably be the one bright spot for the Washington football team this week and i also have the cleveland browns defense because of exactly what i just said uh i got gauge for the falcons at wide receiver he's putting up wide receiver one numbers julio might not play hayden hurst at tight end atlanta is going to put up a lot of numbers i think everyone's going to perform at atlanta and again you can see that atlanta stack with gauge and hurst so i have an atlanta stack and i have an arizona stack and then i got stefan Diggs and my flex because this is going to be a I think a high scoring game, a lot of offense. Um, and Buffalo is going to have to keep up with the Rams, who's probably going to, you know, probably give them the first loss of the year. So Diggs has to play big, and I think he will. Yeah, I really like this this lineup, Rich. Um, anything with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals involved, I think, is a no brainer. I too have put together a little lineup. So let's go ahead and check out that puppy here. And um, we'll do the little picture in picture. Uh, I talked about how much I like the Titans this week. Um, So I went for a little bit of a budget-friendly approach, at least at quarterback, with taking Ryan Tannehill. I I think that the Vikings are a team on the decline right now, and and I really like that matchup for them. I'm also going to take Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have a bounce-back game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, listen, the, the Pats were able to run the football very effectively against the Seahawks last week. And I don't need to tell you that Ezekiel Elliott is a good running back. Uh, Continuing my little Titan stack here, I have Corey Davis. I think he's going to get in the end zone at least once, possibly even twice um, against the Vikings. And real budget play. I mean, $5,300 for a a player who's playing like Davis, I think, is a steal. DeAndre Hopkins, you don't need me to tell you why he's good. DK Metcalf, I think at 6,500 is also a bit of a steal. Um He's just been looking like a stud. Dallas gave up a ton of points last week. I, you know, I think 
Metcalf is going to get in there. I got Jordan Reed. He had two touchdowns last week against the Jets. I think the Giants defense is pretty pretty much just as bad. Um, and I think Jordan Reed is going to get in the end zone again. I have Jarek McKinnon. So a little bit of a 49er stack here. McKinnon looked like a beast last week. Uh, I, I'm all about it. And then this one is where I think is the best value of any player that I've named is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense for $3,800 against the potentially Blake Bortles led uh, Denver Broncos. Mm. I mean, I just, I don't see any situation in which the Bucks don't score like at least twice on defense. Like just, I, I, I cannot fathom that. So I used a, a good portion of my salary, um, $300 remaining. I forget how much you left remaining, Rich. I could go back and look, but I'm a little lazy. But Let's either way, the salary cap is there to use it. Go nuts. Have some fun. Let us know if these lineups work for you. Dreva, uh, drop a comment down in the player below. Um, you know, Let us know who, who your must-starts are, what stacks you're using. Fire away on Twitter. We, of course, would love to hear from you. Rich, before we sign off, anything you'd like to add? Let's go, Jets. Lose that game. <laughs> exactly all right guys well this has been a real fun show we want to thank our partners over at the underdog newsletter every single week they go and they compile all your your underdog sports stories and they they compile it all together into one convenient size newsletter that they email out to you every tuesday is it if you're tuesday a sport morning, yeah. tuesday morning if you're a sports fan you love underdog stories and this is the newsletter for you jokermag.com slash newsletter to sign up and of course our partnership with the thrive fantasy app if you're into daily fantasy this is a brand new way to play it use the promo code daily to dynasty you deposit 20 you get 20 and you bet with 40 dollars. i mean you're playing with free money who doesn't like that so a lot of great partners that we're working with here at daily to dynasty go ahead and support them you support us by supporting our partners thank you again so much for listening to this show this week and every week And until next time, this has been Daily Dynasty.